Dave, Dave, are you in the fridge again? Get out of the fridge. What is up, everyone? This is the David Wells Experiment. I'm your host, David Wells. So within this week, I heard Kevin Smith make some comments about the DC Universe, about if he was going to kickstart his own cinematic universe, what he would do. Now, one of the interesting things he said was he would start off with the question. He said that would be his own personal choice. But he said the businessman choice is you would do Superman. And he said if you get Superman right, if you perfect that, it's easy because he was the template for all superheroes, basically, because he was the first one. He said, like, DC, for DC Comics, they're basically, like, he's their Jesus or something. And, yeah, so, he's the one you want to get right. I think that's the point he was making. Kevin Smith, as, like, a former Catholic, um, he he weaves a lot of religious analogies into his, like, examples and stuff. Like, one of the highest praises he can give people is if he really, really loves something, he'll say, you're doing the Lord's work, even though he's admitted he's no longer Catholic. It's just the vocabulary, it's stuck with him. So anyway, he said, from a creative perspective, he would start with the question, but not a lot of people know who that is. So he said, from a business perspective, Superman. So one of my listeners and guests at Chick-fil-A, Marcus, I asked him what kind of stuff he wanted me to talk about, and he said do a Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness uh, vi- podcast. So I have not gotten to see that movie yet. I'm going to wait for it to die down a little bit so it won't be crowded. I've heard it's phenomenal. I've heard it's amazing. I've seen one or two spoilers. I don't think my experience is going to be hindered. Anyway. So that got me to thinking about like, you know, if you're going to do this movie, who would you get to make it? Who would set the tone for Superman? Because it seems like I feel like tone is one of the things that doesn't get set up properly because you need you need real human drama, you need believability, not necessarily realism, and you need to keep it engaging and entertaining. And as I was thinking about this, I remember I had the same thought of who could do the Fantastic Four movie right? I'm like, oh, Sam Raimi. Because with Fantastic Four, we've seen two examples. We've seen something that's a little bit goofy with the ones from the early 2000s. And then we saw the Josh Trank one, which he wound up denouncing. They tried to be Chris Nolan with that. And I'll admit, the opening act of that movie, they had me. And I was kind of psyched, but as the movie progressed, they lost me. And I'm like, that's a shame. They could have done something with that. 
but oh well. Anyway, I thought Sam Raimi would be the perfect blend of believability and kind of comic goofiness and understanding human emotion. One of the reasons why he didn't like Spider-Man 3 was he didn't understand the emotions of Venom. He always likes to understand where his villains are coming from. So that's the way he operates. Come to think of it, with that in mind, it makes me curious about how Multiverse of Madness is going to turn out. As I'm making this podcast, it's been a couple days since it's been out. So, yeah, with that little insight in mind, I'm curious what's going to happen. So, I would think that Sam Raimi, Raimi, sorry, it's been a long day. I think he would be great for building a DC cinematic universe. I mean, it's so funny the way they've... I was all for seeing Zack Snyder's cinematic universe. Um, It's a real shame that things turned out the way they did. And I really think Warner Brothers took advantage of his personal tragedy that struck him. I think they listened way too much to the naysayers. And when he went through some grief, you know, he he suffered a personal tragedy. He lost his daughter and he decided to step away. And it's a real shame that all Warner Brothers could think was, okay, now's our chance. It's like, is that even human? It feels like such a low move. I mean, like... I feel like God's going to judge them for that. Anyway. So, Zack Snyder steps away. And his influence over the DCEU, it gradually abates. Um, I think they had a vision for... My theory with the DCEU is... So, Chris Nolan had this idea for a Superman movie, him and David S. Goyer. But they thought, okay, we have this story, but our sensibilities and methodology might not be the most appropriate for trying to bring it to life. So, they find that guy in Zack Snyder. And so, Man of Steel is very much Chris Nolan's movie. And then Warner Brothers is like, hey... Marvel's got a cinematic universe. Let's try to let's use this to try to jumpstart one. So like, oh hey, Zack Snyder's going to be our guy, because at that point, Man of Steel was the most profitable of any Superman movies that came out. It did as about as well as like the first or second Iron Man movie. Um, did way better than Superman Returns, and it had really cool fight scenes, unlike Superman Returns, which had almost none. Even Brian Singer said, in retrospect, he got way too artsy with it, and he definitely, like, you know, cut a lot out of that movie. So, God bless him for that. Anyway, so they fast-tracked so much stuff, and there's a lot of course correction. So their plan was, so at first Man of Steel was just going to be its own little thing, Then they're like, hey, let's make a cinematic universe. 
and then things don't pan out that well, which is surprising because if you compare all the DCU movies from Man of Steel to Wonder Woman, I think was right before Justice League. Yeah, they did compare, they did vastly better than the phase one movies of Marvel. Those movies, I think they were well received by critics, but they didn't make their money back. Iron Man, the Iron Man movies being the only exception. Like those movies would be budgeted for 140, they'd maybe break even or they would be a loss. It wasn't until the first Avengers that they got that billion dollar consistency. All the deep the equivalent phase of DCU phase one movies from say Man of Steel, um, Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, they all made anywhere from six hundred something to eight hundred million dollars. So if you take Marvel's phase one and DCU's phase one, DCU from a financial perspective did much better. So and that's even with the janky WB cut of like Suicide Squad, which Dave um, David Ayers, he says he's got a cut and it won't take nearly as much work to finish as Zack Snyder's cut. Um, so I don't know why they don't release that. They're sitting on gold. If the Snyder cut showed us anything, you know, give the people what they want, especially if it doesn't cost you anything. But I think they just WB and... DC, they don't want to admit their mistakes. I'm putting most of the blame on Warner Brothers because, yeah, they, one relationship they seriously messed up was their relationship with Christopher Nolan. I swear I'm going to get back on topic, but this slight regression. So Christopher Nolan was their golden boy for a long time. Um, in fact, he made them their first really profitable Batman movie and he did it consistently and they're like hey we like working with you let's keep making more movies and he did and they were all profitable and 2020 rolls around and we're all like oh tenant everything is shot practically this is going to be epic and then of course the pandemic happens and a lot of plans get altered one thing that doesn't get altered is Chris Nolan, who's a big advocate for the theatrical experience, he's like, you know, we're going to keep it in theaters, but, you know, we're going to look for a safer release. So a couple months after the pandemic begins, roughly March, at least here in America anyway, um, the dust is kind of settled and everybody is trying to kind of get back to some semblance of normal. Like, depending on where you live, rest, at least, I know California was pretty draconian. Um, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just, what I saw. So we were pretty free. We had more opportunities in Texas, let's just say that. And so, in places that would allow it, um enough theaters were operating that Chris Nolan was like, okay, we've got a shot at this. Let's release it now. And 
And unsurprisingly, in retrospect, Hat can't emphasize that enough. Unsurprisingly, in retrospect, it didn't do what they were hoping it would do. It didn't reach the numbers it was meant to. And Warner Brothers really threw him under the bus. Like, oh man, look how he messed up. It's like, they didn't do the obvious of like, they were upset that he didn't want them to release the movie on HBO Max because that's what they were doing with all the movies that they had slated for 2020 as a response. And Chris Nolan wasn't too happy with that. He's like, you can do that with those movies, but you're not touching my movie. So they have a spat and and they played the jilted lover card. So they placed I feel like they basically it's not quite gaslighting but they used Chris Nolan, one of their most talented collaborators at the time, the most profitable collaborators at the time. They threw him under the bus. Now, if they were sensible, what they would have done would have been like, okay, we, this was an unprecedented circumstance. Um, nobody knew how what to do. Now, rather than acknowledging that, that Chris was just hoping for the best and saw an opportunity to fulfill his vision, yeah, they were just like, oh, we need to make more money. It's his fault. So he was like, bye, Felicia. I mean, Chris Nolan's too classy and British to be like, bye, Felicia. I'm like, oh, gosh. If somebody's out there and you know how to make AI that makes somebody say something that they don't know, please make a clip of Chris Nolan saying, bye, Felicia. Um, yeah, that'd be hysterical. So anyway... Chris Nolan and Warner Brothers seemingly part ways, and so ends one of the most profitable relationships between a studio and a creator. Um, I would say he ranks up there with Kevin Feige, because the dude had vision. Anyway, so Chris and WB, not a thing anymore. Now he does go over to Universal. He's going to make a movie about the invention of the atomic bomb. And wow, the cast is really impressive. So anyway, you know, talking all about how WB has not treated its talent right. I don't know if I would want Sam Raimi to go work with them, having experienced what he experienced, having... With so many talented people having experienced what they did with Warner Brothers, I feel like it's hit or miss with them. Like, they don't know how to hold on to talent. It's, uh... One thing that further upsets me is when Aquaman came out, and it did really well. Oh, excuse me. Aquaman did just a little bit better than Dark Knight. Now, granted, inflation and ticket prices are up. And they say, like, we don't need to do things the way Marvel did. We can do things our own way. And it's like, the reason you're in trouble is because you tried so hard to do things 
Marvel's way, and it's just like it's one of those like most like really. Anyway, but I hear there's constant shifts in leadership over at WB, and yeah, so who knows what's gonna happen now? If the right circumstances happened, and they're like, you know, we're gonna make a clear demarcation between what started off as Zack Snyder's vision and we're going to make a clear line between like here is another cinematic universe it is not connected to the one that Zack started and there's going to be no ambiguity about it being a part of his this is a new universe and yeah our architect is going to be Sam Raimi. Now, if the, if the stars aligned, so to speak, and he was the dude in charge, first of all, I'd want him to direct it. And, you know, it's for the reasons that I mentioned. So I think one of the problems, I didn't have an issue with Zack Snyder's Superman being a bit dark. I think they were trying to do it in as real a way as possible. Certainly they did it better than Brian Singer's Superman. Brian Singer, he, man, he had an opportunity, but oh well. He could be a whole other video. Anyway, like, I do like Zack Snyder's take on Superman. Henry Cavill is Superman, in my opinion. I don't think anybody has a problem with him being Superman. Anyway... I think if they wanted something that felt more like a comic book movie... Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies were perfect. They were believable. They were in that sweet spot between comic book sensibilities of, say, Joel Schumacher and the believability of Chris Nolan. They were comic book movies, but you felt like they could happen. I mean, certainly there's an element of suspension of disbelief but, you know, they hit it right on the mark with those movies. And even kids who I know weren't even born for those original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, they will defend them, saying like, yeah, that's Spider-Man. I don't think anybody else can touch it. So get that guy, get Sam Raimi to do a Superman movie, because Superman isn't grim or dark. He can be... Re the property has been treated, you know, goofy. We all know that. And we want to step away from that. But, yeah, Warner Brothers, you've just seen Sam Raimi. This is going to be one of those billion-dollar movies, Doctor Strange 2. You've seen what he can do, so make some sort of overture to this dude. Because he's got a proven track record. Um, yeah, if you want to start a new cinematic universe... Because, yeah, I don't see, I don't see the DCU doing anything beyond, because it's, you've got, there's a third Wonder Woman movie coming out, there's going to be Aquaman 2, um, the Flash movie, given everything that's going on with Ezra Miller, who knows if that's going to be a thing. I kind of feel like 
you guys are reaching the end of the rope with the property that Zack Snyder started. So maybe it's time to start fresh. You've shown you can do that before. You let Todd Phillips do a Joker movie. You let you let Matt Reeves do the Batman. So it's not outside the realm of possibility to you know make a fresh, clean break. Get Sam Raimi to do it. That or possibly John Bird, um, the guy who directed Ratatouille, and you know The Incredibles. Um, he could possibly be another candidate. Well, anyway. I want to keep this video short, and yeah, I could probably do a whole bunch of stuff, but I think this is a good video. Well, anyway, this has been the David Wells Experiment, and have an absolutely super day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.